Welcome to the Yellow Jacket Buzz. I am Chris Cross, and I have the pleasure of serving as the Vice President for Athletics at Cedarville University. The Yellow Jacket Buzz podcast aims to give listeners a deeper view of the people and happenings within the athletic department at Cedarville University. We pray that listeners will catch the vision of the Yellow Jackets as we compete for Christ, contend for championships, and change sport culture. Today, we're here with Jacob Dries, graduate student and member of the Yellow Jacket men's basketball team. In 22-23, he won the NCCA Pete Maravich Award, which recognizes excellence in competition, skill, academics, and Christian service during his career. Voted all GMAC second team and all GMAC defensive team last year, Jacob won several academic awards, too numerous to mention. Uh, this year, having a great season, uh, he's averaging 7.6 a game and 9.3 rebounds. Uh, the team currently sits on top of the GMAC, uh, but has a tough upcoming stretch of games uh, in the schedule. You know, we, we sit here this morning after a difficult one last night, dropping a close one to Tiffin. Jacob, let's just start right there. What are your thoughts on uh, last night's game? Uh, I mean, Tiffin's always tough to play against. They play really hard. Their coach is a very good coach. Um when you don't want to lose at home you want to protect home court but those games happen uh, it's not the end of the world but we got to move on quick we got two big ones on Thursday and Saturday at Trevecca and Kentucky Wesleyan yeah you had a you had a pretty decent game last night double double uh, you seem to be a double double machine this year how many double doubles have you had in the season honestly I couldn't tell you yeah. I haven't really looked at stats much this year yeah that's good that's good when you can do that uh, I think that really speaks to kind of the team atmosphere that we have going on it's been really fun to watch this team I think there's a number of uh, really good pieces and, and players that we have uh, so just summarize the season so far what's kind of stood out to you uh, thus far uh, I mean, I think our, our depth this year is something that we've struggled with in the past. We've played five, six guys towards the end of the year, and this year doesn't seem to be going that way. The team atmosphere just feels different this year. We just have a lot of fun together. We're a really close group of guys, and everyone gets along. It's hard, it's hard to say that this day with some of the atmospheres around sports teams with all the transferring and all that, but we've had a lot of guys stay loyal, um, and we've all grown really close together, and I think... A lot of that comes back to our faith in God, and we all have a bigger mission with this basketball team at the end of the day. It's not about wins and losses. If if we're out there representing Christ in a good way, that's what really matters the most. Yeah, it's been uh, really impressive to watch your team be su so successful. And last night, a very difficult game. At the end of the game, I'm, I'm uh, standing on the sidelines, and I hear the other team kind of the coaches, coaching staff drawing the other team back as they were headed to the locker room. And you guys took the time to to pray with them. Mm -hmm. You know, Tiffin is a is not a Christian institution. You know, at least not something that I'm that I'm aware of. And but talk about that opportunity to pray with the other teams and uh, kind of some of the relationships you have with other GMAC teams. Yeah, I mean, it's just. We try to pray with everyone after the game. Some teams don't take it as well if we if we beat them, but usually if we lose, teams are always willing to pray. <laughs> but just taking that opportunity because you don't know when people get the opportunity to hear the gospel. Um, so something as simple as a prayer after the game or the way you treat someone during a game, like helping someone up, I know it's always the rowdy, like, oh, don't help someone up. Like, that's not tough. Like, But at the end of the day, we're all humans. Um and we kind of treat everyone that way here. Yeah, I kind of saw that last night. I think there was a moment in the game, not really knocking 
the Tiffin player down, but Timo got knocked down mm-hmm. and, and you turned around, helped him up and then went, went down to the offensive end of the court. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's just a good indication of, of how much you guys love each other, uh, how cohesive this group really is. Uh, so what are your goals in the GMAC this year um, or for the team overall? Yeah. I mean, obviously, to win the GMAC regular season and conference tournament. But right now, we're really preaching it to the team, and our coaches are really talking about it, just focusing one day at a time, whether it's practice or game. You can't control what's coming next. You never know if someone's going to get injured. So, again, we always come back to that bigger purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. We've been given gifts by God, um, and we want to use them well to glorify Him. So at the end of the day, we want to win all these things, but that's not really what it's about. Yeah, and your schedule has not been the easiest of schedules. No. Uh, you know, we started the year uh, down in Florida at the Small College Basketball Invitational uh, hosted by Florida Southern University, and the competition down there was was really good. Yeah. You know, we split down there, won the, the first one, I believe, yep. lost the second one. Uh, talk about that experience, the level of competition you saw down there, and just kind of, of how that maybe that started the season um, uh, off on the right foot and allowed the team maybe to bond a little bit? Yeah, that was just a really good opportunity for us. We were invited last year. We were actually in Nashville when Coach got the call to get the invite. Um, and he pulled some of us captains aside and told us and got our thoughts. And I just think it's a it's a good way to start the year playing competition like that. We played UMSL, uh, Missouri, St. Louis, and then Central Oklahoma. Um, unfortunately, we dropped one of them, but it's just good to start the start the year with good competition because it gets you kind of in that mindset of here we go. It's it's time to strap on your boots and and play some basketball. Yeah, so we're excited about what uh, what God has in store for us here with with you guys. You know, like I said, we currently sit. For First place in the conference. I believe we have a two-game cushion after last night's game. So uh, we're excited to see where this goes. Eight games left. Uh, we'll see what happens. So let's talk about Jacob a little bit uh, specifically. You know, basketball recruiting is an interesting game sometimes. Talk about the process of you being recruited to Cedarville and, and how did that go? Yeah, so... A former player here, Isaiah Spielman, actually was the reason I heard about Cedarville. He grew up in the same hometown, not the same school. He went to Hilliard Bradley. I was at Hilliard Davidson. And when I saw he got an offer, I was like, oh, Division Two school over in Cedarville, Ohio. I've never heard of it. And it was only oh, 45 wow. minutes from where I was living. So obviously it piqued my interest. And then I heard it was a Christian school. So I reached out to Coach Estep and Coach Futrell. Um, and then Coach Estep came to one of my high school games. It was late in my junior year, I believe, and he offered me after the game. And after my official visit, I kind of just knew this is kind of where God wanted me. I went on visits to a couple other schools and loved them. Great coaches, great teams, a lot of great guys around. But there's just something different about Cedarville that attracted me. So you you initiated the uh, the process by sending mm-hmm. Coach Estep an email. Uh, I know from talking with Coach Estep, he literally receives hundreds of emails a week from potential recruits all across the nation. So what was it about your email that stood out to him? And what do you remember what you wrote in that email? Uh, honestly, I I don't. My dad helped me with a lot of them, <laughs> so they probably sounded really good. But I think part of the reason. He maybe answered mine was I was getting some traction within other schools in the GMAC. Mm -hmm. So maybe they just wanted to take a chance on me. And you came for an official visit, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. And how did that visit go? What did that visit look like? Uh, Isaiah Spielman was actually my host on that visit. Um, Coach had the entire team over to his house, which we still do at the beginning of the year when we have kids on official visits. Uh, And we had just a kind of a night of fellowship at his house, had a fire, played some games. I actually went to Popeye's for the first time on that oh, visit. Wow. Yeah, chicken sandwich. No, they didn't have it at that time. Oh, okay. okay. Just got, just got. I don't even remember what I got. <laughs> 
Jacob. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jacob, you're a fifth year senior. Mm-hmm. Um, what's different about this year's team compared? I mean, we've we've been talented for a long time. Uh, we haven't had the opportunity to experience the success we've had this year. Um, you know, we've had really good players graduate. You, you mentioned Isaiah mm-hmm. Spielman. Um, you know, Brandon Moffmer, other other folks like that with a lot of talent. Um, what makes this year's team different than the last couple of years? We've been fairly talented, but uh, just haven't had quite the success we've had this year. Uh, I think I think a lot of it comes down to guys just wanting to put in the work. Like, I bet if I walk over to the gym right now, there's at least one or two guys in there getting shots up, either with a coach or by themselves. And I feel like this year, there's just a, a closeness about this team that we've had in the past, but there's always just a couple guys that don't fully buy into what coach is preaching. And I feel like this year it's been not just the coaches preaching the culture that we want, but also the players. There's been a lot of guys who've stepped up, a lot of younger guys. I mean, Anthony, Ruffalo, Ethan, Kyle, Timo, all those guys have stepped up in a big way. Um, and they hadn't gotten a lot of minutes in the past, so it's just big to have younger guys stepping up. Yeah, I think uh, Anthony Ruffalo may be the second leading scorer right mm-hmm. now on the team. Uh, last night, Ethan Sellers at the end of that game. Talk, yeah. talk about that. Walk us through that last minute and a half where he just, what, he hit three threes in yeah. a row? Yeah, I mean, it just shows the guts that kid has. I mean, if you if you watch Cedarville basketball at all, you know that kid's got some guts, but just shows, I mean, he wasn't having the best game in his terms. I mean, I still think he played well, but to come out and hit three pull-up threes with a hand in his face with a minute and 30 left and keep us in that game, I mean, if Tiffin misses couple free throws it could be a different result but props to them for making free throws yeah Ethan I love that kid he uh you you look at Ethan and you're playing pickup basketball may not be the first guy Mm -hmm. selected on the pickup game but man he is uh, he's got a lot of fight in him uh and he showed that last night so yeah that's that's great to hear and and it's fun to have the freshman I think Timo Mm -hmm. um has been a great addition for us as well and Anthony as well so you know this past summer uh, you guys had a team bonding experience. Uh, talk about the trip that the, the team took this past summer. Yeah, we got the opportunity to take a trip to Israel. Uh, it was two weeks um, to see where the Bible takes place, basically. Uh, we traveled around the country, got to see from Genesis, well, mostly Exodus, all the way through Revelation, through the gospel. We got to see where Jesus walked every day. Um, it was a really cool experience, and we also got an experience to kind of show Jesus' love to some people who don't really believe. Uh, a lot of Palestinians, we got to play play some basketball while we were over there, and we, we went to our bus driver's house, who was actually Palestinian, um, and got to witness to his family. Um, even though you're not preaching the gospel to him because it might be disrespectful, just showing the love that we have for them. And, I mean, we're all human at the end of the day, and we want to bring as many people with us to heaven. So that's it's the ultimate goal in life. Yeah, so talk about the maybe the team bonding aspects that you guys had over there. I know you went in the summertime, so it was hot. Yeah. Uh, in Israel, doing a lot of hiking. Um, so talk about just the team bonding experience. Yeah, uh, I would say that some of those hikes were probably harder than any of the conditioning we've done. Um, so you kind of just get some team bonding through that. You got to help guys get through it. I mean, it's 110 degrees, just dry heat. You got two water bottles to get you through about six hours. Oh, wow. And, I mean, you just kind of pull pull guys with you. And, and that's, I mean, a lot of the bonding was just getting through tough, tough days. But, I mean, I call them tough, but we were really just blessed to be there. I mean, you see what's going on right now. You can't really go over there. So we were there at a good time. Yeah, that's interesting as we as we look back at the at that trip and then what's happening currently. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in that area. Um, so do you, you watch the news, you see what's happening over there and do you, do you recognize areas? Um, do you, I mean, what's it like to look back knowing that probably some of those places you were, uh, may not, especially in the cities may not, may not exist anymore. Yeah, honestly, for me, I don't, I mean, I don't watch a lot of news. I try to stay away from it. I think it pollutes my brain more than anything. <laughs> but I mean, I kept up with it for a little bit. And it's just, it's kind of sad to me that that's what our world has come to. Um, and it's sad to see some of those places where it's just unnecessary violence, yeah. in my opinion, but I don't keep up with it enough to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a bit about the state of college basketball right now. You know, specifically uh, the transfer portal, uh, the name, image, and likeness that's happening right now. So the transfer portal, you're a fifth-year senior here at Cedarville. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had opportunities. You know, schools aren't supposed to go out and recruit other other uh, student-athletes on current athletic teams, but it happens. People change all mm -hmm. the time. Um, what has kept you here at Cedarville for five years? Uh, maybe and talk about some of the opportunities you, you may have passed by just to stay here and, and, and build this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... For me, it was just a sense of loyalty. I feel like it's a lost trait in our day and age. Um, I mean, Coach Step took a chance on me. I wasn't a, a big recruit by any means. I had Division II offers and some NAI, NAIA offers coming out of high school. Um, so they took a chance on me, so I feel like I owe it to them if I'm going to be playing college basketball somewhere to be playing here. And at the same time, I love my teammates here. Like, if it wasn't for the basketball team, it would be kind of hard for me, but I mean, those guys are awesome and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do my fifth year with anyone else. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I would have had a lot of opportunities if I were to go in the portal last year, but I felt like there's a lot of unfinished business for me here and there'd be nothing better than bringing some, some sort of championships to Cedarville. Yeah. And I think that's, that's paying off with, uh, with the season y'all are having mm -hmm. this year. Um, you, you talked a little bit about the culture of the team and how that has attracted you to staying here at Cedarville. So what is it about the culture? What kind of things is Coach Estep doing that the team is really buying into to really develop that culture? And just talk about the culture within the team and what you guys are doing to, to build that. Yeah, uh, I mean, Coach Estep always preaches that it's bigger than basketball, which is a huge thing for me because coming from the family I come from, that's what my parents have always preached to me. Um, so being able to impact some of the younger guys' lives on our team who don't necessarily have the best relationship with Christ when they come in, just seeing them blossom into that, uh, that's a big part of it for me. Um, and then, I mean, you see like Javon Grant, all these, Timmy, all these guys have stayed three, four years too. Like it's not just me that's staying. We don't have a lot of guys who have transferred. I think maybe two, maybe three in my time here mm -hmm. have left. Um, so it's just it's a culture that you want to be a part of, and you kind of see it with the recruits that Coach is getting nowadays. Yeah, I think we had a stat last year within the athletic department as a whole. We had a 94% retention rate mm -hmm. uh, with our student-athletes, which is unheard of. Yeah. Uh, that's a really high rate uh, for people who had eligibility remaining. How many of those stayed here? And, you know, people leave for a lot of reasons, sometimes financial, sometimes mm -hmm. other reasons, but uh, we seem to be able to attract our student-athletes because of the type of culture our coaches are building. Uh, they're in very intentional about it, uh, and it's attractive to Christian young men and women who really want to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Cedarville Athletics does a, does a really good job about that. Now, kind of back to the state of college basketball. NIL, the name, image, likeness, is it good or bad for the game? I think it's good to a degree. I think it can get too far, but I've, I'm personally a fan of it, even though I'm, I'm not getting any, any <laughs> NIL money, but that's... That's is that fine. is I'm that an advertisement big... for for someone to come alongside and, yeah, and I got, offer up an NIL? I got a month and a half left. If you want to come, <laughs> come 
come give me something. But no, I think I think it's good for for some guys um, at the higher level. I mean, they do a lot for their universities, but I mean, I don't expect anything playing at this level. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the guys at, at our level, you know, we I, I was at some NCAA meetings uh, about a month ago that really talked about their the, the schools that are doing it. Their their average NIL deal is under a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. You know, they're selling some type of apparel and they're getting a, a percentage back on that. Those types of things. But for for the large college basketball, I think the 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 NIL and the transfer portal are are linked hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the recruiting you hear. You know, you hear stories about guys who are making more money through NIL than they would as a rookie contract yeah. in the professional sports. That's just an interesting dynamic, and it really has, has kind of changed the focus of how folks are recruited, even though the NIL is not supposed to be a recruiting tool. Uh, it's very interesting to see uh, how much that impacts where uh, prospective students are going uh, in their college decision. Now, talk about the life as a college student-athlete. Yeah, uh, you know you're a grad student now, so maybe your class schedules changed a little bit. So maybe talk about the change from what it looked like as an undergraduate student now to a graduate student. Yeah, my my first four years here, I was obviously taking all in person classes, couple online, uh, just because of scheduling. But it was a lot of I'd usually have a nine a.m. class, and then at Cedarville we have chapel five days a week, so I go to chapel at ten. And then obviously have class after that, but then we usually practice during season for about an hour 15 to an hour 45, depending on the day. But that shift from having all in-person classes to online classes now as a grad student has been kind of nice, honestly, just because I can can do my schoolwork on my own time. I can get a, a lot of it done in one to two days during the week, and then I have the other four or five days of the week to just work on basketball, um, which has been really nice this year. Yeah. So as as an undergraduate student, having all of the uh, in-person classes, basketball during the end season, you can, you can uh, be in practice 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some time management skills that are needed. Uh, Talk about the grind of college basketball. Yeah. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the longest sports season of any season. Yeah. Um, So it's, I mean, it's a lot. It's, especially when you really care about school and your grades like I do. It's hard to manage your time, but I think I think freshman year really opened my eyes to that, and then after that I got really good at planning out my time rather than just winging it all the time. Um, and I'm not perfect about it, but just setting time aside to do specific things like workout versus time set aside for either my devotion in the morning or reading at night or doing homework. I think it's just important to set time aside for the things that really matter to you. Yeah, with with college basketball in, in here at Cedarville, all of the breaks that college students get, fall break, typically you guys do a, a team retreat that weekend, yep. uh, Christmas break, uh, at least now you get a, a week off for that yeah. with NCAA changing. So I, that probably wasn't the case with your your freshman year. No, I, I, think I don't that think you got that week year. off. Yeah. I think we got three days. Yeah, so you're playing games over Christmas break, which is always a challenge when you have home games over Christmas break and none of the students uh, yeah. are, are around. And then even spring break uh, is taken up with the conference tournament typically happen. And we've been blessed to be able to participate in that. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to, to, to participate again this year. Uh, and then beyond. So it's a grind. And, you know, we, I see you in the athletic training room. I see you uh, on the sideline with some device strapped to your hip. Yep. Um, you know, it, talk about the physical toll that, that it's taken on your body. Yeah, I think I've had more, not, I wouldn't call them injuries because not a lot of things have kept me out, but just more more of a toll on my body than I could have ever predicted. Um, 
I mean, walking over here, I was limping. My knees bothering me, my hands bothering me, my back. I also think I'm just getting old. <laughs> I've played a lot of basketball in my years. But, no, it's it's a lot. But I think there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. And I'm just hurt a lot. I'm so not actually injured. Is it worth it? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I would not I would not trade these. I wouldn't have come back for a fifth year, first of all. I wouldn't trade these five years for anything. The friends that I've made, the people I've met, just the – the competition side of it. I'm a very competitive person. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your coaching staff at Cedarville with Coach Eastup, Coach Rattrell, and Coach Nagy. Uh, a lot of people who maybe walk in the gym for the first time during a timeout uh, at times, maybe even last night, may see um, some intensity mm-hmm. happening during timeouts. But I get the impression from from the team, the way you you guys handle yourself around the coaches at, at practices and during the downtime, that you guys have a lot of respect for your coaching staff. There's a mutual respect there. Um, talk about the relationship you have with with Coach Step and the and the rest of the staff, and and how they've really made an impact in your life spiritually here at Cedarville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's really easy to approach them about anything. Um, my freshman and sophomore year were not the easiest years of my life. And outside of my family, I probably talk to Coach Eastep more than anyone. Um, just his door's always open. He's always willing to talk. Uh, Coach Retrail too. Uh, TJ, Coach Nagy's only been here for two years, and he's a grad student. So I almost look at him more as a as a friend than, than a coach sometimes, which I know he doesn't like. So hopefully he doesn't hear that. But, um, <laughs> no, they're they're awesome, and they, they all preach the same message that I've, I've said a couple times of it's bigger than basketball. I mean, we have a job to do. We're we're all here to play basketball, but at the end of the day, we're trying to to spread the gospel. Um, and they preach that all the time. But uh, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you've been at the receiving end of the intensity of one of those timeouts uh, from Coach Step. I don't think anyone is is immune to that, and that can be a bit intimidating. But he, you get the gist that he loves you and he wants yeah. the best for you. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's important. For all athletes to understand when a coach is yelling at you, it's because they love you. If they didn't yell at you, they don't care. Um, so just taking it on the chin and saying, yep, you're you're right, and not complaining is has been a big thing for me to learn over these five years. Um, and I think one of the things about Coach Eastep that kind of sets him apart is he tells us older guys if he's coaching angry to, to say something to him because it's a game at the end of the day. You should have some joy to it. And there's times where he needs to be angry. He's a coach. Um, it's his job, but... Like last night, I said something to him at the first media, and he was like, you're right, you're right, I need to slow down, calm down. But, yeah, he, he has a great balance of being intense and being up in you and, and loving on guys. Yeah. What's next for Jacob after graduation? Well, I accepted a job at, it's called ODW Logistics in Columbus. I'll be doing operations there and hopefully moving into finance, um, but just – Working, working a nine to five now. Yeah, it's, it's fun to look forward to. I think your body probably yeah. is ready for a change. Yeah. But uh, a lot of golfing. Yeah, there you go. You're uh, definitely going to be missed. You've been a fixture here around the athletic department. I've loved to watch you grow up over the last five years. Uh, it's just been a joy to watch you compete, to watch you uh, love others the way you have, both your teammates and your uh, your competitors. You do a really fantastic job of spreading the gospel, of, of showing Jesus' love to everyone you come in contact with. You, you've been a great Cedarville student athlete and I just I just want to thank you for your for the opportunity to watch you play over the last five years so well done thank you I appreciate it well thank you Jacob thanks for having me 
Thanks for listening to the Yellow Jacket Buzz. We look forward to our next podcast as we talk with more of our Yellow Jacket family about impacting the world for Christ.